0: Well, what a day so far. What a morning so far. Man, appreciate our worship team and appreciation to all of you who are here with us this morning. If you were not here at the very beginning, welcome this morning uh, to New Life Church. Again, welcome those online watching today. And uh, at the end of our service here shortly, we're going to have water baptisms. This is our baptism hot tub up here. And uh, can I get a hot tub? and? and uh and so uh, it is warm. we checked it it 's good to go so um, but nonetheless we 're excited uh, for what today holds i 'm excited because when uh, my, my pastor Pastor Fred Bennett is with us this morning um, he 's going to be bringing the word. Uh, when the Lord laid it upon my heart over six, seven weeks ago, maybe about today, I uh, just felt really strongly impressed we needed to offer. Uh, and promote water baptisms, and the Lord said, well, I want you to get baptized as well. And so my mind quickly went back 30 years ago when I was water baptized. I was water baptized in uh, Nazarene Church in West Memphis, Arkansas. And so good things can come out of Arkansas, I guess. So, uh, uh, but um, But the Lord said, you know, for me today, it was not about—it's not about the salvation standpoint as much as it is about just a renewal of heart, commitment, and faith. Uh, because little did I know, about five years after that baptism, that this pastor would uh, would be my pastor. And um, and in the midst of that time of my life, sensing the call of the Lord to ministry, he created a path and made room. Uh, for a young guy like me to uh, begin to learn and grow and develop and um, discover what the Lord had for my life, and uh, I'll be forever grateful to you. Uh, Thirty years almost—it's crazy. But um, his son and I, Chris, are longtime friends. Uh, one of my longest friends, uh, the friendships I've had, and um, grateful for this family. Grateful for their their pioneering spirit over the years, and um, and and just creating space, making room for people to find Christ and to grow in their purpose and to discover the gifts that God has put in them, and, and I'm thankful for that. And so we're in a we're got a special we're in for a treat today uh, as Pastor Fred is here, and he's actually going to baptize me as well today. So I'm excited about that. So listen, will you give a, a very warm heart welcome to Pastor Fred Bennett.
1: Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited to be here with you this morning. I was sharing with the prayer. Wow, there's a lot of you here. Uh, but, but I see you're all social distancing. That's good. But uh, I, I uh, was driving in this morning, and uh, I got so excited. Well, I'm, I'm driving down the I-40 that uh, I was preaching. And uh, I sort of forgot how fast I was going. And when I blew by this state trooper doing 80 miles an hour, I thought, oh wow, <laughs> this is going to be a real test of faith here. But uh, either the grace of God blinded him or he was busy doing something else. But uh, I-, I waited for a few minutes to see if a squad car was going to pull up out here in front of the church. But, uh, so I-, I just wanted to repent of my sin before all of you uh, as we get started this day. Uh, I want to talk about the power of our testimony today. Uh, You know, water baptism is a powerful testimony. It's certainly an act of faith on our part, Uh, whether it's a a renewal or it's that first-time experience of when you were born again, when you came to Christ. Or maybe you grew up in a a tradition like I did, Uh, my wife and I, and uh, hi Val, I love you my darling, Uh, I see they sang your song. Jesus, the center of it all. I love you. She's not been able to travel with me uh, uh, this past year, but uh, I know she's always with me in spirit. And uh, I just bless her today. Uh, I told somebody I, I need to get... You know, how in the stadiums, they've got all those cardboard cutouts. I need to get one of Val to put on the front seat and make me feel a lot more secure. But maybe the Lord's stretching me. I don't know. But uh, uh, Val and I uh, grew up in traditions. Uh, she grew up Catholic. I grew up uh, Methodist. Uh, where we were baptized as children, and I don't remember it. Uh, I really don't remember a thing about it. I, uh, I'm told that I was baptized, but it just didn't register. And so uh, we uh, were down in Jackson, Mississippi, and a Methodist lay pastor, I don't know if you know what that is, that's a kind of a non-ordained guy, he was licensed, but a lay pastor uh, was with us, and uh, we'd been in a service, and we came out, and he looked at us both, and he said, have you been baptized by a merchant? And we both looked at each other. Well, no, we got that little sprinkle job, you know. And so um, he said, well, hey, there's a a pool up on the roof of this Holiday Inn. It was several stories tall there in downtown Jackson. He says, we'll get you baptized right now. We said, well, sure. So, you know, we we changed and we go up on the roof and we walked out. I don't know what I was expecting, but we walked out right into a beer party. Budweiser Beer Park, I shouldn't advertise them, but anyway, but uh, all these people, this loud music is playing, and people are drinking and caring, they're having a great time, I guess, and uh, uh, here we are, walking out into the water, and and this lay pastor was not shy, Uh, he didn't whisper, uh, you, you could have heard him in the building next door, actually, But uh, and he started baptizing us, and uh, there in the uh, Holiday Inn pool, and it only took one or two of us, and it suddenly got very quiet, and uh, we, we're coming up out of the water, you blinked, and you realized all eyes were on us. And everyone was watching us. And, and, uh, and the more, more he baptized, the louder he got. And uh, it was just awesome. God just drowned out everything else that was going on. And he was witness to that day to the praise of his glory. That's the awesome thing about water baptism. I want to encourage you. I, I believe that we're lighting a fuse here today. Th- this is not a, a one-offer. I, I believe we're going to see more. Uh, you know, the uh, first church I pastored was also a Methodist church. We didn't even have a Baptist street. All I had was this little bowl to sprinkle people with. And uh, I remember one day this uh, young man came up and repented of his sin and called on the name of Jesus to be saved and wanted to be water baptized right there and then. And that was easy to do if you were just sprinkling. And so I I remember standing there and I looked up and about half the congregation was looking cross-eyed at him because this guy had a rep. I mean, he had a history. And most of them are sitting there thinking, he doesn't deserve to be baptized. I don't even, I think he's so far gone, I don't even think he could be saved. And so I thought, wow, I need to do something dramatic to drive home the point that God's grace, praise God, is sufficient for all of us. No matter who we are, where we've come from, how bad it's been, what, what we've done, whatever it may be. So I just took the whole bowl and dumped it over his head. And then I set the bowl on top of his head. And I told him that was his helmet of salvation. (laughs) And And that he should be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And not worry about what anybody else thought because at that moment, God had received him as his son. And it was just so, so powerful. After that, we stopped with all the uh, sprinkling, and we started going out and baptizing people in pools. How many of you have a pool at home? Anybody got a pool at home? Hot tub at home? Yeah, yeah, all right. Open them up. Open them up to pastor so that we can, uh, hey, we're getting into the warm. It is going to get warm, isn't it? What happened yesterday? But anyway, it's going to get warmer. Here's a great opportunity. We started going out and baptizing people in pools after church. We just give the invitation. You want to be baptized? We're meeting at so-and-so's house. Come over there, and I'll water baptize you. And all the powerful things. All kinds of people would go. This is back when people dressed up to come to church suits and you know dresses and high heels and all that kind of thing you know and uh we'd be over there and there'd be you know sometimes 25 30 people gathered around some of them were friends some of them were church members some of them were family and we would baptize the people who asked to be baptized and cool things happened then but oh then we'd see people just kick off their shoes I remember this lady dressed to the nine. She kicked off her high heels, walked down in that water with probably a $100 hairdo, and walked down in that water, and I dunked her right there. God did some awesome things. It is a powerful, powerful testimony that causes people to receive the grace of god spontaneously right there on the spot before they got time to argue themselves out of it or they try to figure it out or they try to wonder am i qualified or any of this other stuff god moves in a powerful way i just want you to catch a vision with me holy spirit i pray that you would reveal to us Hundreds of people across this whole Jackson area being water baptized as a public testimony of their faith in Jesus Christ. Of your great mercy, of your amazing grace, oh Lord God. Of your power to come in to a miserable life and transform us into your glorious image. Lord, I pray that we will see this, that many who've been scattered, oh Lord God, in this pandemic and by all the other things that are going on in the world today, that many that have been scattered will be gathered to the waters. They'll be gathered to the waters to the praise of Jesus' name. They'll be able to say like, wow, I love that first song. You know, I'm in a lot of churches. I never heard that one before. What was it? yeah what was it hell hell just lost another one i like that that's a great the great rhyme gives you an excuse to say hell in church but uh hell just lost another one i believe that friends we need revival we need revival we need for people that have been scattered to be drawn back into the body of christ in an expressed way in a tangible way not to neglect the assembling of themselves together Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Better stop now or I'm going to up, burn up all my time here. Now Saul was cons- consenting. That's Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was consenting to Stephen's death. And at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial, and made great lamentation for him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. I don't know if any of you have uh, heard about this pastor up in Canada. He's up in Alberta, Canada. Um, he was a, an immigrant from Poland When Poland was behind the Iron Curtain, and I'd been to Poland several times when it was behind the Iron Curtain. What a dreary place. Uh, uh, How this the church had just been smothered, and the only church that could operate were the state-sanctioned churches that really couldn't preach the fullness of the gospel. And he wanted so bad to be free from all of that, and somehow he was able to get out. He made his way to Canada, And uh, uh, there he became a pastor. And uh, uh, while he was there, God blessed, and he has a wonderful church. But then came the pandemic lockdowns. And the things they locked down first were the churches. Because in their minds, they're non essential They're not essential in their minds. We know they're absolutely essential to the health and blessing of our communities. So we know that's a different story. But anyhow, he resisted this lockdown and he was threatened by the governing authorities. He was thrown in jail for over a month. When he was released, he was threatened again. And then this past Easter, after two services where the building, was packed with people, the RCMP drove up and erected a fence around the entire church property to keep them out. There's persecution. You know what often happens up here in Canada, America's hat <laughs> up here above the border. Sooner or later, that comes finds its way down here. Uh, they're 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 like a bellwether. Are you are you familiar with that term? I was familiar with the term bellwether, but I didn't know how to spell it. (laughs) I kept misspelling it. I couldn't get the right definition, and I realized, well, wait a minute. It's spelled bell, B-E-L-L, W-E-T-H-E-R, bellwether. The first definition of it is an indicator or predictor of something to come. One example would be College campuses are often the bellwether of change in a culture. We've probably heard or at least recognized that before. But then there's a great second definition. And the second definition is this the leading sheep of a flock. That's what a weather is W E T H E R. The leading sheep of a flock, a ram with a bell on its neck so the flock can always keep their bearings with where the leader is and not stray too far away. I thought, wow, we need some bellwethers like that that we can follow, like Pastor Jeremy and Haley and all this beautiful staff and all of you that are here. You're following a bellwether you know that you need to stay in touch. You need to stay connected. You need to hear a voice. You need to gather together to pray and to lift up your voices, praise God, so that we can continue to be effective, effective churches to the glory of God in a time of growing persecution against the church. And i tell you, more is coming. More is coming. I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of stuff happen. (laughs) More is coming. I I remember when Pastor Rod Parsley, I used to fellowship with him quite a bit and up in Ohio and Columbus, Ohio. And I remember he got very involved with uh, uh, the uh, Bush campaign back in the day and got so involved, in fact, that the next thing he knew, the Internal Revenue Service was at his door. I think they like to call themselves the Eternal Revenue Service. But anyway, the Internal Revenue Service. And uh, they were going to take his tax-exempt status away because he had dared to become too politically involved. He was having too much influence, and he had the president's ear. They were going to rip it away. You know, with our government right now spending money, I don't even know what a trillion dollars looks like, do you? I'm, I think it's even more than they left on the ramp at Tehran. But uh, it's a lot of money. They're spending money like water. Guess what that means? All our taxes are going to go up. All our taxes are going to go up. And sooner or later, they're going to look at the church and say, you need to be paying your fair share. They're going to take away that tax-exempt status. Mark my words. That's going to happen. That's why it's so important for us to be zealous in the Lord, to trust in the Lord, even in a time of persecution. What are we to do when so many have been scattered? Scattered by the pandemic, scattered by politics, scattered by persecution. Well, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2 says this, Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Friends, this isn't a time to scatter and run for the hills and try to save ourselves. This is a time for us to arise and shine. This is a time for new life church like never before. How many years y'all been here now? Seven years. Wow. Good time for a new beginning. Amen. Yes. Amen. What are we to do in the face of great persecution? We're to arise. We're to shine. For our light, no matter how gross the darkness is. I noticed when I saw that passage, it reminded me that when Valerie and I do watch the news, which is not very often. But when we do watch the news, we kept finally hearing ourselves say, oh, that's gross. Just listening to them talk. It, it was not something we wanted to fill our heads and our hearts with. It was gross. There's a gross darkness that is coming on the earth and coming on on the people Psalm 11 verses 1 to 3 in addressing the question of what are we to do in the face of great persecution it says this in the lord i take my refuge so how can you say to my soul flee like a bird to your mountain for behold the wicked bend the bow they have filled their arrow to they have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart and then a very familiar verse If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? I declare to you today, the church is not a non-essential. I declare to you, the church is the foundation. It's the only reliable foundation that can be built on because it's Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. He is the cornerstone. He is the one that we've got to put our trust in. I woke up suddenly this morning, it was about 4 a.m., and I heard this sound and I laid there in bed trying to figure out, what was that? And it was this sound of something coming unraveled, something that was held in tension and somehow it had broken or come loose and suddenly everything associated with it was falling to the ground. It sounded just like it was so real. I got up out of bed, walked out on the landing, and I'm looking around in the condo trying to figure out what's going on here. What's happened here? It was that real to me. Some things are coming unraveled in our communities, in our state, in our nation, in our world. Things that you and I have relied on all of our lives foundation stones that we believe are essential for the common good to in fact form a more perfect union and it's through faith in Jesus Christ oh friends when things are falling down we need to pray we need to seek the Lord I was reminded about an hour later i decided to go and stay up and I'd gone to my little prayer room that vows fixed up for me and I, I was sitting there praying and while I was praying it was so real I got up again and I went to look to see who was at the front door but nobody was there I thought Lord are you trying to get my attention this morning what is going on here I, I don't know if God speaks to you this way but I guess I'm slow, so he has to do dramatic things for my sake. But anyway, it reminded me, it reminded me while praying that Jesus is knocking at the door. He wants us to let him in. He said, I want to come and dine with you and for you to dine with me. I believe as the church, we've got to become more open. We've got to reach out to all the more. We can't just be content with our own salvation, with our own experience, with our own abundance of life. There's so many people who are sitting in darkness that need to see a great light. You know the word? Jesus is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. There is no other way to the Father but through the Son. There is no other truth but the cross, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I want to ask you this morning, are you a friend of the cross? Or are you an enemy of the cross? The Paul, Paul, Apostle Paul talked about people whose God is their belly, the world is their goal, everything that they're focused on. What are we focused on? Are we friends of the cross? I, I was in a, preaching in a church over in uh, Arkansas. You talk about being baptized over there in Arkansas, and uh, I preached on the cross, and uh, this' had been a few years ago, and I, I was caught up with on, on the wall, kind of like there, there was a cross up there. And it was really a, a beautiful, hand-carved thing that had different layers, dimensions to it, and I just made the comment to, to the uh, man who o- oversaw the church. I said, wow, I, I'm really intrigued by that cross. And he looked at me, and this is a minister of the gospel. And he said, I hate that cross. He said, if I wasn't just renting this building, I'd take that thing down in a minute. I thought, wow, what's happened to us? What's happened to us? I mean, the cross is one of the foundations of our faith in Jesus. It's where it all started, isn't it? It was at the cross. At the cross. Where we first saw the light. There's no other truth but the cross. Let's be a friend of the cross and not an enemy. There's no other life but the abundant life that Jesus promised. We are declaring when we are water baptized that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to all who will be here to see it and to hear the word spoken. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremy was reminding me this morning why we put that on the end, because back in the day, you know, there was all this, you had to say the right words the right way. You couldn't get carried away in the Spirit with anything. Never mind that you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Apparently, they put their thumb over that. But anyway, so I thought, oh, okay, all right, we'll just sell it this way. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to cover all our bases here this morning, okay? Just so that people can know. Just so no one can challenge you that you weren't baptized properly. Or sometime, somehow you're not fully uh, baptized. It's sort of like being vaccinated. You know, you tell people you got one shot and they look at you like you're still, you know, typhoid Mary or something. <laughs> I, I've, I've had both mine, by the way. I got both shots, okay? No problem. But we, we need to trust in Jesus. And water baptism is our testimony that we do trust in Him. We've been crucified with Him. It's no longer we who live. But Christ Jesus who lives in us. And the life we now live according in in the flesh, we now live by faith in Him. Faith in Jesus Christ. We need a church that will arise. New life, arise. New life, shine. I, I know you've been through a lot over the last year, but this can be our finest hour with the help of the Lord. This can be the game changer. Just when the world is trying to write, write us off and tell us we're not important, we're non-essential, you don't even need to be meeting, just stay home and all the rest of it. We need to arise and shine, for our light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us, praise God. You know, uh, When we talk about Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, we need to remember that his focus was on the kingdom of God coming on the earth. I don't see him going political. Not with the Jews or with the Romans. Pilate tried to go political with him. And Jesus immediately ended that conversation. What was Pilate concerned about with Jesus? So, you're a king, are you? So, where's your kingdom? <laughs> he was worried about power, keeping the power. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world." End of discussion. After that, who, who, who's defending Jesus? Pilate. Pilate's trying to find some way to release him, but the Jews won't. They won't allow it. And they press on. Mm. I love Philippians 3.20. For our citizenship is in heaven from where we eagerly await our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to conform with his glorious body by the working of power with which he is able to subdue, save subdue, subdue all things unto himself. He can subdue anything in our lives. He can subdue anything in this world by the working of his power. This is our God. This is the name in which we are baptized. This is the one in whom we trust. Yeah, I'm a citizen of the United States. I served in the military for the United States. But you know what? I don't count that as my citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven, praise God. I've got a citizenship that supersedes all of that stuff. Something new has come. For all who are in Christ are what? A new creation. Old things have passed away. New things have come. And God who gives all things, all good things, has given us a ministry. What's that ministry? Reconciliate. That's the picture of water baptism. Being reconciled to the Lord. Our God, hallelujah, through the one who paid the price, who gave his life. So I want to ask you this morning, in water baptism, do you realize that we're saying that our lives are wrapped up in all of their totality, just as you were sharing with us earlier, in Jesus Christ? Can people see Christ in us? The hope of glory? Do our conversations, the words that we speak, the opinions that we express, do we sound like the disciples of Jesus or the parrots of 24 hour news? Which is it? What do we fill our mouths with? Pure living water or defiled water? Corrupted water? I want to ask you, what are we preaching? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Are we afraid that we might be persecuted if we come out of the closet? Hey, hey, everybody else is out of the closet. We might as well come out. What are we afraid of? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. I'm not a preacher. That's your job. We all preach. We all do, don't we? We all preach something. I can talk to you for five minutes and I know what you're going to preach. Whatever it is that you're thinking about, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're in favor of, it's going to start to come out. We are all preachers, praise God. We're preaching when we share some appropriate part of our testimony while talking with others. Oh, I want to be so strong on this. How do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. Come on somebody. By the word of our testimony. And the one that everybody, a lot of people leave off. And by not loving our lives even unto death. <laughs> it's a total committal. It's an all-in situation. It's holding nothing back. It's saying, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. You know what the world thinks that they can just, why they think they can just cancel church meetings? They think they can do that because they figure you're just doing it in your spare time. It's kind of like a hobby. And the, a hobby is not an essential thing. We need to arise, shine, show them that our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Praise God. Mm. Preaching is not just sermons. A text, an introduction, three points with illustrations, a close, and an altar call. We preach when we proclaim the good news, when we share our testimony. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and if you're in Christ, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He is upon this church, praise God. He has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent us to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Well, now there's some cross-messaging. Because nobody's out there in the news or anywhere else saying, wow, what a great year this is. <laughs> this is the year of favor. <laughs> well, it is in Christ. It's the year of the favor of the Lord. Now, I'm going to try to come in for a landing here in just a few minutes. So, uh, you see that uh, this is not a sprinkling bowl. (laughs) This is the baptismal hot tub. And if you are ready to be baptized this morning, you need to prepare for that. Where do they need to go? Back there. Just come back to the back. You can do You don't have. If you did, you might say, Oh, well, I didn't tell anybody I was going to be back. You don't have to. You don't have to. Be spontaneous. What happened to spontaneity? What happened to spontaneity was when the Holy Spirit was quenched in so much of the church, spontaneity left too. We need to return to that spontaneity of the Lord that we do things on a moment's notice. We do it because God. Prompted us to do it. That's the important part. If we are in Christ. His spirit. The Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father. Is upon us. And we're free. For whom the Son sets free. Is free in deed. Praise God. We're free to preach the gospel. To the poor. Especially the poor in spirit. What did Jesus say about them? Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is is the kingdom of God. We have the freedom to proclaim that to them. I love sharing Jesus with people I meet. I like to play golf. I call it God's game. It will keep a man humble. Just about the time you think you figured it out, it all falls to pieces. But I love to just, you know, often I'm usually by myself because Val can't play golf with me right now. So I usually go out there and I just end up with whomever's standing there at the tee. And we go play golf together. And, uh, you know, usually the first two or three holes are yada, 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 yada. I'm just listening. I'm not saying anything. You know, they don't care about who I am or what I do. They figure I'm never after 18 holes, I'm not going to see this guy again. And so we're going along. And then they begin to notice that I'm not necessarily joining in with their conversation and the way that they're talking and one thing and another. And, and then, then it just gets almost humorous. But sooner or later, they'll ask me so what do you do? I love it. I preach the gospel. Oh, oh. Well, you, you, you know what I said when I chunked that shot back there? I, I, I didn't really mean that. I, that was a bad moment, you know. But I tell him, you don't have to apologize to me. I'm not your judge. Judge nothing and no one before the time. Amen. What is that? 1 Corinthians 4, I think. 1 Corinthians 4, that's a powerful chapter to uh, meditate upon. We need to understand, folks, that every day we can work Jesus, we can work the gospel, we we can work some part of our testimony into almost any conversation. Doesn't matter what people are talking about. I just love it. I, I get the biggest kick out of it. I'm, I'm not trying to be sanctimonious. I'm not trying to be judgmental with them. I'm trying to befriend them. But I'm just being who I am. What I'm doing right now is give me a chance on a golf course. I'll do this too. It's wh- Whoever will give me an ear, I don't, I don't really care. Because I've died. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. The Apostle Paul said, I Die daily, what do you do when you die? You bury something, don't you and that 's a picture of water baptism as well. I think that 's why immersion is so beautiful. I believe there may be one or more here today that you 've never been water baptized. You might say, well, i didn 't bring a change of clothes you'll try you 'll dry, you can walk around the parking lot you 'll dry. What do, you th- what do you think people did in the Bible? Do you think they brought a chain, you know, swim trunks or something, you know, on a towel when they came to see John the Baptist or were spontaneously, uh, you know, baptized? No. Don't lose that spot. Do, do, do something that's just Holy Spirit right now. And if you need to be water baptized, and you want to be water baptized in immersion, which is the picture of a what? A water grave. A water grave. Oh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who by His great mercy has caused us to be born again. Oh, thank you, Lord, through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Do you know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that we celebrated back on Easter is at work when you're water baptized? It's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing to feel the water wash over you. I, I remember back when, uh, in the day, especially when we were baptizing in pools. I, I remember this uh, one girl came into the pool, and I, I baptized her, and and you know I just would kind of start to help them get up, and she floated off. She just she just floated off. I was just kind of standing there staring at her. I thought, wow, I haven't seen that before. That got some people's attention. People were like, oh my goodness, this is something, something new. This is not just some kind of ritual that we're going through. I remember a young man, I water baptized. I had said nothing at this point about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, but I water baptized him, and when he came up out of the water, he was speaking in tongues, sputtering. I thought, God can do amazing things. When was the last time you opened up your heart and you allowed God to do something amazing, something crazy with you, something almost dare, I can't say devil, dare angel with you, something where you stepped out of the boat. When was the last time you stepped out of the boat on the water? When was the last time that you just, whatever, God, you want me to do? Father, I just pray right now. I just pray right now that whatever you want us to do this morning, we would hear your voice. We'd sense that unction of the Holy Spirit. And we just give in. We surrender. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender, I surrender all. Thank you, Jesus. Look at these beautiful kids coming here. Hello, darling. How are you today? Did you draw a picture? What did she draw a picture of? Who's that? Cheerleader. Cheerleader? I can see you being a cheerleader for the Lord one of these days. Amen. Amen. Okay, I've lost Pastor. Oh, here we are. Here's Pastor Haley.